This is episode 50 with Jared Warren. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, men of abundance? We are on episode 50. It's hard to believe. It seems like just yesterday, literally, it really does, uh, that I launched the Men of Abundance podcast, and now we have 50 episodes recorded, edited, and posted. It's unbelievable. I'm extremely excited for this. And now that I've been doing this for a little while, almost four months at this point, and have gotten some amazing guests to get on the line and talk with me, which totally blows my mind. And just wait until you see who I have lined up. I'm not going to reveal it yet. I've got several episodes already recorded and have not even launched them yet, haven't even edited them yet. But I am willing to give up some of my time to help five people who want to start a podcast. And I put this out and I realized not everybody wants to start a podcast. It can be pretty intimidating at first when you see all of the facets and everything that has to go into launching a podcast. It's not like a blog where you just set up a blog and you start coming up with content, which isn't easy in itself. But you have the added element of recording. And here's the thing. You do not have to do interview type podcast. You can simply share your message, your information and you can do that in five minutes or 15 minutes. Like Omar Zenholm has an amazing podcast called $100 MBA. That's 100 MBA podcast. Look that up and you'll see that he just does these five minute podcasts and shares very valuable content and information in just five minutes a day. Or you can do the interview style podcast. Either way, I'm going to be here to walk you step by step on how to decide what your podcast is going to be about, what to name it, how to get it started, all the software you need, everything you need, I'm going to help you. I'm going to walk you step by step. I'm going to be here right here with you. Now, I will tell you, there are many resources out there. For instance, you can go over to Pat Flynn and you can get his free podcast course, and I highly recommend it. You can also go to EO on Fire and get John Lee Dumas's free podcast course. Highly, highly recommend that one as well. That's how I got started. And then, of course, they have the paid versions where you're going to get access to their communities and all that stuff. But the thing is, while they are great courses, and again, I do highly recommend them, neither John or Pat do one-on-one coaching. I don't know if Pat ever did, but I know John did, and at one point he was charging quite a bit to to do that and rightfully so I mean the guy's brilliant so I am going to take some time and mentor five people I'm going to coach you through the whole bit and we're going to make it extremely extremely affordable because I really just want to help you get started with your podcast if that's not you and you know somebody who might benefit from starting their own podcast or might even be thinking about it show this podcast with them I'm sure they're going to be extremely grateful to you now let's bring on our featured guest Now, as you know, I'm always very excited to introduce you to a new abundant leader. And Jared Warren is definitely one of those guys. He has his own podcast, which is the Success 101 podcast. 
Now, Jared is going to get very in-depth in his story in just a minute, and he's going to share with you how he started the Success 101 podcast, which is really a cool story. But basically, after running a full-time financial planning practice for several years, coaching and developing other financial advisors, and still trying to find time for his wife and three kids at home, he hit an absolute wall of burnout and fatigue, both mentally and physically. And the thing is, he was no longer able to just muscle through it like so many of us have done. And I know you can relate to that. Jared realized he wasn't living up to his full potential and wanted a new direction toward living the best that he could each day. He also began to notice that others in his life and business, who once had a life of energy and zest for their professions and families, were also burning out at very young ages. Jared's goal for creating this podcast was centered on helping others find a way to live more optimally through new concepts and ideas and to prevent others from experiencing burnout, fatigue, and an unproductive mindset. Now, once you get done listening to this episode, you absolutely have to go check out Success 101 Podcast if you have not done so already. Jared, welcome to Men of Abundance. Thanks for coming on, man. Wally, I am so excited to be here, man. You can't even imagine. I'm really pumped about this one uh, just because of your purpose and your passion and everything that you and I both stand for. I appreciate that. I really do. And, uh, you know, looking at your show and following what you've been doing, I, and I got to admit, I've been stalking you a little bit on a, uh, Instagram <laughs> and Facebook and everything. And, and awesome. uh, you know, in, in a good way, ch- checking you out, seeing what you're doing, see if you are, in fact, the uh, abundant leader that I would love to invite on the show. And as it turns out, you most certainly are. Hey, I made the cut. That's good. Absolutely. You did make the, in fact, you made the cut in another way too. And I've told just a few and literally, I mean, just a few, uh, other podcasters this because I do like to review other people's podcasts. I like to see what they got going on out there and I like to learn from other people. And once a month or so I go through them all and I have to just unsubscribe, but you made the cut. You stayed on the, on the big list. Yeah, baby. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> and dude, I'm so glad that I did because we might get into it later, but the uh, episode with, with Jesse Isler, it was just amazing dude oh fascinating i love that guy i followed him for a while and his story is just awesome for anybody to hear i I totally agree i first heard about him first heard his story on uh self-made man with mike dillard and i was blown away and his book is simply amazing yeah he's awesome one of my favorites where are you at in the world man i'm in dallas dallas texas how are things out in hawaii i wish i could be out there it's absolutely beautiful out here, man. I, li- I like that. I've only been through Dallas. I've never been to Dallas, I have to say, but I've been all over Texas, uh, some great places in Texas. And Hawaii's interesting. I was blown away. I had the chance to take my parents there a couple of years back, and it was just, you know, I went kind of just thinking it was a thing to do. You know, people go there, they get married there, just kind of a touristy thing. So I went more excited for them because I've traveled all over the world, and it wasn't, you know, seemingly a big deal for me. I was kind of closed-minded to that. Well, we, we went to Kauai. And man, I was, it's one of the few times in my life that I've gone with very little expectations and just been mind blown. And if any of you guys out there get a chance to go to Kauai, I know it's a long flight, a lot of money, those sort of things. You can make excuses just to stay closer here in the continental U.S., but it is fast. I just felt like I was in a movie the entire time. Everywhere you look, it's like thinking you're in Jurassic Park, you know, or something like that. It, it was just fascinating and breathtaking. I'd encourage you guys to go. Yeah, absolutely agree. Kauai is the most beautiful island because it's the most desolate island that you can go that you can go to because there are hundreds of islands in hawaii but the main seven uh of of the main seven Kauai is absolutely gorgeous the big island's beautiful but in fact the reason why you felt like using a movie because so many movies are filmed there in Kauai. in fact they have a grand canyon there uh it's yeah. a huge canyon it's amazing uh there in Kauai. so it's definitely a beautiful place to visit 
uh, we loved it. It's beautiful. So before we get started, get too much into the uh, show, into my, into our conversation, I like to start out every show the way I start out my morning, which is with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today, Jared? Man, where do I even start with that? Man, I, I guess I would just start off with my, my healthy kids, three beautiful girls and a wife, you know, that has to put up with me at my worst times. I guess we could all say that to some degree. I'm blessed to have a wonderful career, and uh, I'm extremely grateful for my story, which uh, has been awesome to be able to learn that at a very young age. I'm 34 years old and really learned the, the bulk of this story whenever I was 33, and I have a lot of clients that don't learn this until they're in their late 40s or early to mid 50s, and I'm just so fortunate to learn how to climb back from adversity. Uh, and there's tons of people out there that have been through way more than I have, but your story, your own story is personal to you and that's the real thing to you. And so I'm just so glad that I learned this at a, a young age and glad to get into it here today. Yeah. And I'm very excited to get into that. So let's do that. Let's get right into your story. I gave a very brief bio before we got started, but I want to hear your story from you, so let's get a little bit personal. Good, man. I, I will, and I hope I don't rabbit trail here, but if I do, it'll it'll all tie back in because there's a purpose for all of it. But I was born in small town Linden, Texas, about 1,500 people. The only claim to fame we have is Don Henley from the Eagles old Hotel California. I used to mow his mom's yard in the summers, and I'd go in there and get a glass of water, and there's just a giant wall full of gold-plated records hanging up on her wall. But uh, uh, Don Henley from there, and... Um, you know, just very small town, very, uh, I would say, you know, sometimes just kind of closed, closed-minded thinking when it comes to just seeing the bigger outside world. But I come from a family where my parents are very hard workers. And my dad worked at a steel plant for over 40 years before he finally retired a couple of years ago. And my mom is still a dental assistant to this day. And dad worked shift work for most of his life. And uh, I think he works even harder now with the tractor work that he does here in Texas. And my mom still works as well. But my dad would tell you he's worked since he was about nine years old. And never, you know, if you talk to him, he would say, I never really got to be a kid. I've worked all my life since I was nine years old because I had to. Didn't get to play football in high school. Really didn't get to do anything because he always had to have a job. And I grew up seeing that. Wally, I grew up watching that and watching work, and there's a ton of nobility in work. I think you and I would both say that, but I do think it depends on where it comes from. Does it come from a place of fear and stress, or does it come from a place of an abundance mentality, what you talk about all the time? And I find that with most people out there, it comes very much from a sense of fear and stress, that mentality that can we can get so wrapped up in as guys. And to me, that's an impossible place to thrive. I just didn't realize that until last year. And in watching this work, I mean, you're a byproduct of your parents. You do things the way that they do, no matter how much you like it. But in watching this work, I became very competitive, Wally, very competitive. And I will battle you in anything that I think I can win at or have a chance to win. If I don't think I can win, I'll probably just avoid it at all costs. So that's another issue. You could do a whole podcast on, on avoidance mentality. But if I have a chance to win, I will battle you at anything. And I was an only child growing up way out there in the country. My parents had a tough time having kiddos and they were married for 10 years, 10 years before I was born. But I started getting into sports and I loved basketball. And as an only child living out in the country playing on a grass court, I had to create a game where two teams could battle each other even though I was the only person on the court playing. So if I missed dribbled, it was a turnover. If I didn't get a rebound after a couple of bounces, it was a turnover. And so I created these Texas high school brackets and set up all these stats. And I'd put a spotlight out and just played at all hours of the morning on this grass court. And then I found my love for football. And it was the same thing. Um, I found some old tires out on the edge of the woods one day. And my dad's like, what are you doing with those tires? And I said, I think I'm going to try to figure out how to get better with these. And I actually set up a game 
where I would put a water hose about 30 yards out from a, a top of a small slope out by our house, and I would roll the tire down the hill, if you can picture this. I would roll the tire down the hill, and I had two buckets out at 45-degree angles from me several feet out. So as the tire's rolling down this hill, I would take an angle right or left. And so I'm chasing this tire at an angle now as it's rolling real fast down the hill, and I would just go try to tackle it. And if it got across the water hose line, it got three points. If I tackle it, I got one point. So people who are only kids growing up, uh, uh, only children growing up out in the country, they're probably laughing because they know exactly what I'm talking about here. Um, but I'd come in all you know, black and blue and the rubber would catch the corner of my shoulder and rip my skin open and it was nuts and it was awesome. And here's why I share all of that with you. The title of your show is Men of Abundance. And I think becoming abundant, most people out there would say is not an easy thing. And I think that's worth repeating. Becoming abundant is not an easy thing. But I think so many of us throw that word around, and I would have thought abundance early in life would have related to productivity and getting things done. And those can be good things, but if you're living an abundant life in your mind, which really just equates to just doing all the time and filling up buckets just for the sake of being abundant or busy, man, you could be on a fast track to failure very quickly. And while well, I'm sure you know guys like that as well. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I had been and have been that guy for so long, my entire working career. I was the guy that felt guilty and irresponsible. Those are the words that I always use, mostly irresponsible when I was idle. I felt lazy. I felt like I needed to be doing something. And a lot of that was my fault because with anything I've really ever done, I put myself in a position of just doing, just in a role of doing all the time. But it was for the wrong reasons. And I really want your guys to hear this out there because I'm a byproduct of doing it the wrong way and learning from that. But I put myself in a role of doing, and it felt awesome because I would see people not doing, or I would hear wives talk about their husbands as getting a little idle or lazy, and there was a sense of pride with that that was really hard for me to admit. I didn't recognize it. I thought it was strength. I thought it was coming from a place of strength, but I, what I found is later it would not serve me. It would not serve my family, my employees, or my clients very well, and I've used the term muscle it through for so long, but muscling it through, if you know any guys like that, if you're, if you're like that out there, it probably, it probably feels like a position of strength. But what you realize when you look back at your life is you're really trying to squeeze that, that square peg into a round hole. You're beating your head against the wall many times, and you're not coming from a position of power, though it feels like it. Though it feels like you're coming from a lot of strength and power and getting stuff done, you're really coming from a place many times of desperation, and I hope there are men out there hearing this that can relate right now um, because of, you know, because of what I've been through. But I got to a point last year just to kind of bring it full circle where I hit the wall. I hit burnout. I hit fatigue. I hit stress levels like I'd never had in my life. And again, there was always that pride there with saying, you know, the more stressful to me, the more stressful things that I was juggling, the better, because then I didn't have to stop and focus on one thing. A buddy of mine made that comment to me one time. He said, Jared, I feel like you're better in some weird way, you're better the more you have going on. And it kind of stopped me in my tracks. I didn't realize it, but that was the case. Uh, the more things I had going on, the easier it was not to stop and focus on how much stress or how many, you know, things that was just bearing down and bringing down on me. Um, and I could just keep moving forward. And I think many men operate like this. You and I both probably know many of them. Um, they either take on very little and they try to do a lot with it. They try to be excellent with it, which has them focusing on just one thing. And they can get bogged down in that. And they can operate like a zombie with tunnel vision and not really expand their mind and build and go do things. But they never really understand when they take on more things that they thrive, if they thrive in that attitude as well, 
what's really happening, Wally, for me is it was destroying my mental attitude. I was becoming very cynical. I was wearing myself out. And here's the big thing I realized that as as a guy, when you're going through that, if you feel you can take on a lot, you don't always realize how unhealthy you're do how unhealthy that is for you and how you're really mismanaging your days and how it's going to take a toll on uh, on on you and your family. So anyway, to to make a really long story short, I actually had to see a neurologist last year, uh, May of 2015. I, I told my wife, I said, hey, for the last couple of years, something's been going on, and I haven't told you because I didn't want you to be um, scared, which was probably my first mistake. I should have let her know. Um, but I noticed that it manifested itself whenever I started speaking to my clients. I'm a financial advisor here, and I run an office of about 40 people coaching young financial advisors in the business and working with clients on financial plans and things like that. So I am I have to be on. I'm in front of people. I'm eye to eye all the time. But when I started talking out loud, and that's when it really came out the most, is when I would talk out loud, my eye contact would drop, and I would have to work really hard on getting my eye contact back on them. But it just felt like I was kind of traveling down this road. Big wind just kept pulling me off just from a cognitive standpoint where I couldn't, you know, I couldn't think straight. I, I, I couldn't hold my attention on things. So I saw a neurologist, and I told him, I said, look, doc. I literally think my brain could be turned into cabbage here. Do I have early dementia? Do I have early onset Alzheimer's? What is this? And he assured me I didn't based on the signs. Um, but he said, we got to get you tested. We got to figure out what's going on. And so they sat down for about two hours and ran me through just a series of questions. He and his staff sitting around uh, typing things out on computers. And at the end of that, uh, it's really interesting, his response. At the end of it, he came to me and said, we're going to run you through the tests, And you're going to pay a lot of money for these tests. But we've got to figure out what's wrong. And he said, but I think you need sleep and you need some positive things going on in your life. And so I thought, okay, doc, <laughs> I know you can hear my story and think I don't sleep much and, you know, that might be it. Or maybe I don't have a lot of positivity going on. And he just kind of looked at me like, okay, you're, you're trying to be the doctor now, right? Uh, he said, I, I'll tell you this. I think you're going to come back and you're going to realize you need some things that are good going on in your life that are not just working busy all the time and you're going to need sleep. And I just kind of brushed it off like, hey, there's got to be more there, right, than that. But they ran me through MRIs, EEG brain scans. I did an eight-hour neurocognitive test that just wore me out. And everything came back great. Said, you got a healthy brain. In fact, on a lot of things, you came back well above average on. Um, but something was wrong with my mind. And Wally, what was wrong with my mind is that I'd been burning the fuse for so long as a guy trying to do things, thinking that that was a life of abundance and thinking that I had a power, a position of strength coming from there that I was just wearing myself out. And it was, like I said, it was prideful. And I was attacking the day with a can-do attitude, just like they tell us to do. But that can-do attitude was coming from a do-do-do mentality and not a mentality of control and abundance. So, you know, I know you can attack the day from many standpoints out there, and there have, there's many blessings in work, and there are many benefits in work, but I've seen the ripple effect that a lot of your guys out there have probably felt that are listening in today that can come in a negative way. And when I got in this business, Wally, this is a very tough business to be in. Um, you have an 11.5% chance in the financial services industry of making it to your fifth anniversary. Uh, depending on where you are in the U.S., that could be a little different here or there, but that's an overall uh, ratio that's there that's heard through our industry a lot. And that's mostly because people don't work, they'll tell you, and, and don't know how to work. And so what did I do? I thrived on that. I thought, hey, if work is what I've got to do, I'm going to go work. And I was told that if we just do, if I just did what they told me to do, and if I just worked really hard, that I was going to be able to accomplish a lot. And so again, out of that fear of failure, I worked my tail off. And in my second full calendar year as a young guy in the business, I brought on more new clients 
for, for me to be their financial advisor than anyone else in the country with our firm. So there's about 10,000 guys that do or 10,000 people that do what I was doing. And I brought on more new clients than anybody in the nation, something I never even dreamed. I mean, that was never even in my mind to just even go do that. And I also led my peer group in production for the first four years. So guys who were in the very first year of the business, you know, that could qualify, I led them, you know, all the way through my first four years of the business. And I don't say that to boast. I say that to tell you that even though you have great things or could have great things happening to you, you just might be killing yourself and, and might be killing your mindset. They're operating with the wrong mentality. And um, so, Wally, I'm sure you see that out there. I don't, I don't want to just take over the show here, but I, I'm sure you see that out there with some of your guys that uh, that, that you're finding that in as well. Yeah, absolutely, Jared. And that's in part, there's so many reasons why I started this show and why I started the whole process of the abundant mentality and kind of leading up to my upcoming book, Living Your Life of Abundance. It has everything to do with exactly what you're talking about. So were you married at this time? Did you have a a family that you were growing as well? I did. I got engaged the first week I was in the business and then I got married shortly about a month there, or sorry, five months thereafter. So my wife you know, she kind of saw the the very first parts of this, and then uh, so she's been with me since you know since the beginning of it. So, what was that doing to your family life? Well, it's interesting uh, for those of you out there who have had kids for a while and can think back. You know, it's hard to think back when you were single or think back when you were newly married. It's like, man, what did I even do with my time? What what was I even thinking about? You know, back then. But uh, I don't think we recognized it. I think we knew that I was in a very tough business, and we knew that I could thrive, uh, whatever that you know that definition meant. I could thrive if I went out and worked really hard. And so I just set her expectations early and said, look, this is what they're telling me I have to do. And really, I didn't have to do that, uh, but that's what I felt like I had to in my mind. And uh, she wanted success for me, and we wanted success for our future family. And so we just had this false sense of like, okay, this is what we have to go do. And so there was kind of a masked sense of uh, of normalcy with that. And uh, and we just kind of thought, hey, if I get it done out of the way right now, then I'll be able to rest and slow down once kids come, and that'll be a great thing. And so yeah, let's just let's rock it. Let you know. And so she really kind of supported that, uh, not knowing what it was going to turn into down the road. Right. And what you're talking about in most cases, fortunately not for you. Um, we're going to get into that pivot point in just a minute. But uh, unfortunately, what happens is is most people just stay in that rat race and they just keep striving for that next pay raise, that next promotion, that next whatever. And it ends up being a vicious circle. Next thing you know, you're working on 60, 70 years of age. you got grandkids who you haven't hardly even seen at that point. And you're wondering what the heck happened. Absolutely. And like I said, I'm so fortunate out of all that I've learned. I'm just so fortunate that I learned this at a young age because, again, with my clients that I'm working with doing financial plans and insurance plans and all the things that I do for their their financial security and all the things that I do to coach my young advisors, you know, there's two things that I really have on my mind right now. It's to help people who are younger than I am to realize you don't have to do it this way. Yes, you, yes, hard work is noble. But I would say for many businesses out there, uh, it's just it's the American way, right? I mean, you look at other cultures around the world and we just have such a do, do, do attitude and you go all around the world and you see that they're successful in different ways. But they just don't have that sense of, of, of pressure, you know, that's being applied to us today in the way many of us have created our worlds. And a lot of that self-imposed with screens in your face and not getting enough sleep, which I'll get into in just a moment with the, with the neurologist. But it is that, that American way of just go accomplish and go work really hard and grind it out. And uh, I don't think they're training us in, in the world out there on how to, how to 
deal with that, especially for younger people who are having families. But trying to teach them how to not make the mistakes that I did. And then for my clients who are older than I am, who are in their 40s and 50s that are just now starting to get to the end of their rope and go, man, I've tried all sorts of things and I'm just whipped. I'm burnt out really just helping them understand how much more life they have left ahead of them and how much more they really can do. And I, I had to get some confidence on that. You know, 30-something-year-old guy telling a 51-year-old how much life he has left and how many more things he can go do after he's accomplished a lot in his life. You know, how much weight is that going to carry? And once I saw how my message did carry to them and how my message was received by them, it just gave me a real mission to go really do what you're doing, which is talk about abundance. And uh, I wrote a book last year with my good friend Curtis Estes, and the title of that bu- that book is From Success to Significance. And the whole premise behind it is I've been very successful in life from a paper standpoint, from a monetary standpoint, from a I have no needs or no wants standpoint. Um, but what was I doing to be significant? And there was really no significance there, and I was setting a lot of bad habits that later, once we had kids like we do now, uh, I found very hard to just turn those habits off, and it, it kind of got me in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I really, really love the title of that book, From Success to Significance. I mean, it, it's, and I've heard that so many times, and that, you know, that's why I like to listen to Lewis Howes too, uh, The Art of Greatness, because there's the difference between success, significance, and greatness. A huge difference and you can have personal success on paper in the bank all that kind of stuff but what does that say for that's why that's why I follow people that's why I kind of stalk people when when people are referred to me even to say hey this would be a perfect guy for your for your show because this they've done this 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 and this but then I want to look at them and say okay what are they doing for other people what are they doing for the community? Are they communicating with their family? Are they are they growing with their family? Like, look at somebody like Dave Thomas, who I love his business acumen. I love his story, but his daughters never saw him. He was never home. Right. That's not abundance, as far as I'm concerned. And I don't know what he did later on in life, as far as you know, charity and and giving and and stuff like that, and giving back to the community. But I know he wasn't much of a father, based on the stories that I've been told and that I've read about anyway. Absolutely. I've heard that as well. And you can mention many other names out there who are the same. And and I just want to say one thing too, Wally, before we go any further, and I should have mentioned this in the beginning and I forgot. If anybody hears me say um, all this stuff that I've learned and anybody hears me say all the great things that I plan on doing long term, or if you hear that on any of my podcasts or anything like that, I'm always, I always try to remember to be, you know, to be quick to say, I'm not telling you these things because I've got it figured out by any means. I mean, I may even say something with a little bit of authority that I've learned just because I'm excited about it. And then, you know, uh, I had had Aaron Walker on my podcast recently, and he just said one of the things that will probably stick with me for the rest of my life. He said, I'm one bonehead decision away from wrecking my entire family and my entire career, you know, something along those lines. And, you know, you hear many, you hear millions of things throughout your life, millions of words, so much dialogue comes and registers in your brain. Why do certain things stick with you? I'll probably remember that phrase for the rest of my life. Why? Because I am one bonehead decision away from ruining everything. So I think this is a life journey. I think it is a, uh, it's, it's growth. It doesn't happen overnight. Uh, but boy, has it, uh, has it sure been good for, for me to learn all of this now and, and hopefully for so many of your listeners who are trying to be abundant as well out there i've personally spoken with aaron as well um and had him on the show and he's an amazing individual he he said basically the same thing and i completely agree with that what was the deal with the neurologist how was that uh, like a pivot point for you what you discovered 
it was a pivot point in the sense that it was the first time that I ever realized how much I needed help. Um, and it's very hard to describe to people. You know, if, if uh, my, my wife is a super intelligent person with very clear thoughts, she can take a blank canvas. And if I say, look, I'm trying to put a business plan together or whatever, I mean, she doesn't even have to know really all the ins and outs of it. And within an hour, she's got a fully sketched out business plan. You know, I'm just be sitting there staring at the, and now I can go implement, right? I can go work, but she's the creative one behind our our marriage. Um, but it was a turning point in the sense that I realized I needed help. It was very hard to describe to people what I was going through. So I kept it quiet for a long time. And, you know, thriving in this environment of hard work didn't didn't really help that either for a guy like me uh, because I, I was fueled by it. I was fueled by all this activity and having to perform. Um, but what he told me was, he said, you need, and I would encourage a lot of guys to do this if you're struggling with sleep. And my deal was uh, not not trying to sleep. Once I told people about my sleep issues, they would say, hey, have you tried melatonin? Have you tried? And I go, no, no, no. I don't have trouble going to sleep. <laughs> I can go to sleep anywhere that I just stay still long enough. I just have trouble staying in the bed. I would go to bed each night and I would set my alarm and go, man, I'm going to get four hours of sleep tonight. Um, and that was back when I had screens in my face all the time and, and really didn't didn't know what I know now uh, as far as just setting a good bedtime routine, which I'll go, go through as well. But screens in the face at night, whether that's catching up on emails or catching up with friends on messages they sent in during the day or whatever. But I'd go to bed and go, man, I'm, I'm getting four hours tonight. Uh, I was studying last year for my certified financial planner exam and studying all year long. And there's, there's nights where I would say, man, I'm getting three and a half hours tonight. I'll just suck it up. I'll, I'll just I'll just go. You know, we have a phrase here in my office that I love. It's called Champions Adjust, and we've got a Champions Adjust Points Club. I've got a board on the wall, big board on the wall that I engrave guys' names on when they accomplish certain things. But a champion will adjust to anything out there, and in some sometimes you can be a champion and make the wrong decisions and have to adjust to bad things. And so for me, I was thinking, hey, a champion will adjust. I'm getting three and a half hours of sleep a night. I'll suck it up. I'll 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 go. And when you're younger, you can do that. And as you get older, you just it doesn't work. So he had me track a 10-day rolling average for my sleep. And he said, you're not sleeping enough. You're, you're too busy. you got to get things, you know, calm down a little bit. Uh, and I said, look, I just took over a brand new office. I'm getting my financial practice to new levels. I've got a new baby at home. I've got, 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 got. I've just, I could just go on and on. And he said, I don't care. You're killing yourself. I want you to go home and track a 10-day rolling average. That way your averages are more accurate. And on the very first 10 days that I tracked, it was four hours and three minutes that I was sleeping. And uh, he said, okay, I want you to get to five. And even at five, it's going to be pretty bad. But imagine how much better you're going to be at five than four hours and three minutes. So I got it up to five, and then I got it up to five and a half, and then I got it up to six. And that's kind of where I'm stuck at right now. Uh, my wife kind of gets on to me all the time. She goes, hey, are you listening to the doctors? Are you, you know, it's just, it's tough for me to get more than six hours of sleep, but I feel so much better. But that was my turning point. I'd become negative. I'd become cynical. And I'd even become introverted. Wally, um, as an only child, you want to be where everyone is because you feel like you're always missing out on everything. And I was always the life of the party until I went through all of this. And from the time of about 6.30 a.m. until about 6 p.m., someone was either knocking on my door, staff needed something, I needed to go tell staff something, I was meeting with my clients, I was making phone calls on the way home, and all I wanted to do when I got home was just be by myself and just be, just be, you know, just for the first time that day. And uh, and, it, and a lot of it was from lack of sleep. So, you know, I, I want you guys to listen to this part carefully, too, if you're hearing anything that I'm saying, and you can even relate 1% to this. If you can even relate just an inch of it, I want you to take heed to these warnings, because what I found was, is that I, fe I felt like I could handle stress really well. I was the king of that, just bottling things in and moving forward. 
And even if you're not in a super high paced job and having to do all this stuff, uh, you know, that I'm describing. And so you think, well, I don't have to worry about that, you know, going through what he did. Don't kid yourself, please. If you relate to anything I'm saying here already, you may be in deeper than what you realize because stress and fatigue and tiredness, they don't just show up one day and then they're gone the next. It's a compounding effect and you can handle it for a while and then you are burnt out. And the problem is you've been affecting people around you for a long, long time. So whatever you're doing, what, whatever you're thriving on right now, whether it's the thrill of the chase and building a business, whether it's creating a brand, whatever you're doing, I hope you're handling it the right way so you're not sabotaging yourself and just not even realizing it. And again, I was fortunate enough to find that out at a at a young age, and I'm you know I'm so happy uh, about that. So moving on from the neurologist, I started getting more sleep. Uh, I started handling things a lot better. I started listening to podcasts. I started listening to audio books, and that's really where my big turnaround was. I got introduced to Zig Ziglar, uh, which I found you know functional optimism, just meaning the world's a really bad place, but you can really uh, you can look around and see a lot of bad things. But man, there are so many good things that are around you. And one of the biggest things Zig taught me was we have too much on the line, Wally. There are too many people out there counting on us as men of abundance to show up abundantly each day in a lot of areas. And people in our lives want us to spread that abundance to them. We, we don't just want to be men of abundance to ourselves. We want to spread that. But they're oftentimes the ones who we're, you know, who we're affecting the most if we don't operate the right way. Zig is an amazing individual. I was fortunate enough to be introduced to Zig Ziglar in my early 20s. I walked into a, a local library and picked up a cassette tape, I think, of Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy and wore them things oh, yeah. out. I just copied them and wore them things out. Uh, I mean, just that's when Brian Tracy told me to create Auto University, turn your car into a yeah. into a university, yeah. and I've been doing it ever since uh, for for many many years. Yeah, I had a uh, buddy of mine in my office. He said, "I want you to go download the Zig Ziglar book," uh, and I'm trying to pull it up here so I can get the uh, get the, the title of it, and share it with you guys. Mm -hmm. And I I pulled it up, and you know, some audiobooks they they cost a little bit more than you think they should. They cost more than books, which I can't mm -hmm. figure out why that is. But uh, but it was like 28 bucks, and I was like, man, I'm not paying. 28 bucks to listen to some motivational, you know, talks. Uh, it was Zig Ziglar's Leadership and Success Series. Uh, and he said, I'll tell you what, you spend 28 bucks on it. Uh, if you don't get value out of it, even even a little bit, I'll pay you back the 28 bucks. And he was serious. And I thought, man, this guy's trying to help me. So I just need to go download it and stop being, you know, stop being hard headed. And really, it changed my life. I mean, I don't throw those words around lightly. It changed my life to help me realize how I could really get up with intention and purpose and have a routine and uh, and I just you know I know Zig's not with us anymore, but I just thank you know Ziggler Media and and just the whole team over there for what they're continuing to do with uh, you know with his message. So, um, but you know I don't know anybody in my life, Wally, or any man that I've read about that has the impact that you or I or any of your listeners would probably want to have that lived that model that I just described that j just worked really hard out of constant fear or stress or desperation to get things done. And I think a lot of times we talk about a healthy fear. I've, I've talked about that a lot before. And, and I think that can be true. Sometimes healthy pressure helps us rise up and helps us, you know, accomplish more than what we would if we were not driven. Um, and I think it all depends on how you're approaching it though. So what did, what did that mean for me? Just the turning point here for me, the big thing was letting go. And for me, that was very hard. Letting go for so much of my life had meant becoming lazy or becoming empathetic or giving up. And what I've learned in the last 12 months, because all of this is really new for me, um, but what I've learned is that letting go has allowed me to grow to places in my life and will grow to further places in my life 
than I would have ever been able to get to in the state that I was in. Letting go for me meant growth, whereas what I thought it was was surrender and giving up and becoming lazy. And I had to switch that mindset. I had to switch that mindset to a mindset of abundance. And the champion's adjust mindset became a champion will adjust in life. And that adjustment sometimes means letting go. And that was a huge lesson. That's probably the biggest lesson that I learned is that letting go doesn't always mean giving up. And so it was hard. It was tough. It was painful. It was a mind shift. But the incredible growth that has come from that, Wally, has been amazing. And I want to encourage all you guys out there today who feel like you're stuck. Um, you know, you just feel like your, your switch is stuck in the on position and that you, you need to rest, but you're not getting rest. You need to reframe your mind to a mentality of abundance, but you're not even sure how to start. And you need to realize that running the way you are right now, even if you're knocking it out of the park and even if you set yourself up in a business where you have to be on all the time, that sort of thing is not healthy. It's not helpful. And you will not hear me out on this. You will not reach your full potential long term. You may build a little empire for a little bit or you may have great success for a little bit. But what are the people around you? How is it affecting them? How is it affecting your mindset? How is it affecting just your mental attitude and what you could have been later? Um, we all need to, to shift that. And, and again, I want people to hear me out on this. I'm not saying that hard work is a bad thing. I'm just saying hard work for the wrong reasons can become a very, very bad thing. And, and I'm grateful to have learned that. I'm glad you said that too, because I'm a huge fan and I, and I have a lot of admiration for hard work. And I'm talking about the hard work, like you're dead in the steel mill. I'm talking about the hard work, like people like Chris Gardner, if you ever seen the movie Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah, that type of hard work, it's it and it takes a toll on you. Zig Ziglar, I believe Zig Ziglar also said, no one ever said on their deathbed, "Man, I wished I had worked more." You know, <laughs> Absolutely, I wished I could be in the office right now. You know, nobody says that on their deathbed. No, and no. while I'm talking about that, real quick, if twenty-eight dollars does seem like a lot of money for that type of book, and I've <laughs> I just paid thirty dollars for a book uh, just recently with um, Grant Cardone that's coming out yeah in fact and um, i'll spend the money on that but guys if you want to listen to zig ziglar you can there's there's lots of stuff on youtube there's lots of stuff on the internet but i also encourage you to check out the podcast the ziglar show uh it's hosted by i can't remember the host the podcast host name but tom ziglar kevin miller kevin, kevin miller, miller and tom ziglar. yeah excellent excellent show uh, definitely always putting out some really good stuff on a lot of stuff for, that we talk about on Men of Abundance, which is, you know, the count, I call it a, I don't call it a balance because I'm a big fan of the one thing with um, Gary Keller and Jay Papazon. And on the chapter about balance, where balance is basically no such thing, it's a counterbalance. The thing is, and what Jared is talking about here is you, you have a counterbalance and you can only be away from your, you have to be, give something up. You either have to give work up for a little bit to spend more time with family or family up a little bit to spend more time on work to get ahead if you're starting a business or something like that. But there's certain things you, can, you can't be away from for too long. You can be away from pushing forward on your work for a little bit as long as you still have the income coming in. You, maybe you're not growing, but you still have the income coming in. But you can't be away from your family life for very long and expect it to be there when you come back. That's sure. the big that's the big juggling act that they talk about in that book and I love that chapter. Yeah, the biggest thing for me is whenever I got into podcasts and I got into audiobooks, um, you know, my listeners know I'll I'll throw an audiobook or a podcast on, you know, one and a half times or two times speed if I, if I can keep up with it. 
and you you know you have to be careful because you may not retain as much, but you can get through a lot more data and information, especially on audiobooks. But I've got a I went online and I, you know, I love Bluetooth earpieces because I just listen to stuff all through the day. I went online and I searched for the smallest Bluetooth earpiece that you could find. I got one that actually looks like a hearing aid. And so I don't ever feel like I need to take that thing out if I'm in restaurants by myself eating during the day or, or between meetings or you know anything like that. I just got that thing going in my ear uh, all day long. And so from the time I wake up in the morning, my phone is in the other bathroom so that I can actually get out of bed. And once my wife nudges me and tells me the alarm's going off, I get up, I go grab my phone, I grab my Bluetooth hearing aid earpiece and I've got uh, knowledge just rolling through my mind and I'll listen to that the whole time I'm getting ready I'll listen to it on my drive into work and then even after I get here if I'm working out if I'm answering some emails or doing whatever I've got uh, I've got that going so I really encourage guys if you're not you know if you're not capitalizing on having something in your your ear during your down moments you're in my opinion you're really missing out on just um, slowing down listening to things downloading some knowledge and then uh, I think you'll thank yourself for it long term. I agree. Jared, we can go on about this all day long. We definitely are going to have to get you back on the show at another point. But what I want to get into now is we want to pay it forward. You ready for that? Absolutely. Outstanding. Hey, Abundant Leaders, check this out. I know that you have an amazing message, an amazing story to share about yourself, your product, your business, your book, your podcast, whatever it is. I know you're trying to get it out to the masses. You're trying to get it out to that perfect customer that is looking for your product or service or even your book or your course or whatever it is that you have that you're trying to put into the marketplace. Marketing and selling is more about connecting with that perfect customer than selling that customer. You know that you like to do business with people that you feel you know and trust. Your customers are exactly the same way. So how do you connect with that perfect customer? Well, the best way that I know of right now in today's day and age is to get on a podcast and tell your story. But not just any podcast. You want to get on that podcast that has tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of people who are already listening and waiting for you. They're waiting to hear your story. They're waiting to hear about your product or service. Now, it's really not that difficult to get on a podcast. You have to know how to tell your story in such a way that you're going to lift up the podcast, lift up the host, and direct people back to your product without coming off completely self-serving. So I'm going to introduce you to Tom Schwab at Interview Valet. He is going to help you not only get on that perfect podcast specifically for your service and for who you are. Interview Valet is going to coach you. They're going to share that episode and all the other episodes with their social network. And that is extremely powerful. You're going to get known not only from that podcast, but from the entire network within Interview Valet. So go to the resources tab at menofabundance.com, click on the Interview Valet logo, and watch that short video. I'll also have an option on that same page, as well as the homepage, where you can get access to the nine secrets of getting booked on your first podcast. You can do it yourself, but Interview Valet is going to take you to the next level. All right, let's get back to the show. So give Men of Abundance one to three actionable steps that they can take today. Well, the first thing may sound really simple, but it's what I've already said, uh, is to have some sort of a routine at night that winds you down slowly. Some of you out there are not, and I, I get a lot of feedback from this from guys on my podcast. Some of you out there are having trouble going to sleep because you can't turn it off each night. You carry the stress home, and then you carry it on with you to bed, and you're sitting there staring at the ceiling. 90% of what happens in the PM will determine what your AM looks like. So you can have a great plan to wake up in the morning and work out or have a great plan to... 
um, you know, accomplish a lot of things early in the morning and get stuff knocked out. But if your PM is sabotaged again by screens in your face or not learning how to wind down, you're not going to have a great morning. So the first thing is have a wind down routine about 90 minutes before you should be going to bed. Get the screens out of your face. Or if you have to have something in your face for whatever reason, make sure it's on night mode where you, you know, you wind down a little bit faster. But get the screens out of your face um, and then just make sure that you're being very intentional about keeping the lights down, starting to wind down um, and go to bed because you'll thank yourself for the long term, you know, in the long term by doing that. The other thing is is what I also mentioned is make sure that you are downloading knowledge in your brain from podcasts, audio books, anything that you're following, whether it's, you know, might be sermons, it might be whatever that that you know you want to download knowledge wise let's get that downloaded and then also just have a routine for the morning time i followed hal elrod for a long time and his miracle morning routine but you can make it whatever you want it to be find some time to uh, be with your thoughts and your affirmations in the morning, which I thought was really silly and weak for a long time. Again, that pride in me of, uh, man, I don't need to tell myself that it's going to be a good day and I don't need to write down my gratitudes. Uh, every morning I'm doing that now. I'm writing down my, uh, you know, what I'm thankful for. I'm journaling. Some mornings it's two minutes. Some mornings it's uh, it's almost an hour, you know, that I'm sitting there and then I have to get up and go to work. Um, but have some sort of a routine where you're getting some exercise in, you're getting some reading in, you're getting some uh, some scribing or journaling, as he calls it, in, and you're starting your day off with intentionality, reviewing your goals. It We hear people say it all the time. It almost becomes just old hat, right? But when you start building that into your own life like I did and, and take that pride away a little bit as I had – um, and for some people, it may not be pride. They just may not be building that in into their mornings or into their evenings or anything like that yet. But start doing things differently than what you've been doing them. Start learning how to rest actively. Active rest was a big thing for me to learn. And if you're holding on too tight to things out there that are keeping you real high strung and, and really not serving you or your family well, just know that whoever it is you think you're becoming or whatever growth you think you're having by just go, 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 go all the time, uh, you will burn out much faster than you ever realized and uh and you won't be the best version of yourself in the long run so we're only we're only doing ourselves a huge disservice but also those around us beautiful completely agreed and i'm going to add i'm not going to mention them here but i'm going to add some other resources uh, i personally use right now uh in the show notes of this show just go to menofabundance.com and type jared in the search bar and that'll pop right up so what daily habits make up the biggest impact in your life jared my biggest habits right now are getting my morning started, uh, as I just mentioned, with in- intentionality. I was a guy for a long time that said I was a zombie in the morning. I wasn't a morning person. I couldn't wake up. Well, that's because I was staying up uh, too late at night and, and you know thinking that I still had to work on things. So for me now, it's, uh, it's exercise. It's getting the right um, vitamins. Anybody that follows my show knows that I've got a pretty regimented routine with vitamins and nootropics and just things that get my brain cranking really early in the morning. Bulletproof coffee, all those sort of things that, uh, you know, high fat diet that get me going very quickly and get my brain fed with energy. And uh, and then really to me, the biggest thing that I could tell guys out there and something that I just didn't know for so long was if you do get to the office early, for those of you that are getting up and driving in somewhere each morning, try to do something when you build in your regimen, uh, your routine, try to build in something to where you're getting a cre- getting the creative side of your brain going each morning instead of just the reactive part. Because so many of us get to the office early and it's like, okay, I feel good. I got up early. I didn't sleep in. I didn't hit snooze forever. I'm here. But what do we do? We immediately dive into the memos on our desk that were left by our staff. We immediately dive into the emails. We immediately dive into something where, where we're working. And even though it may feel like we're cranking away and getting stuff done, 
if you're not letting that creative side of your brain, the, the journaling, the exercise, the reading, the listening to podcasts, if you're not getting that creative juice going, again, you're just going to burn out, in my opinion, too quickly. We've got to get something built in to where we're feeding ourselves first before we dive into the stressful day. And that will just carry us so much further throughout the day to where we're better to everybody, mainly ourselves, and, uh, and we'll be better for it long term. Excellent. We've mentioned quite a few books already. But what other books would you recommend uh, to Men of Abundance and why? Man, there's so many out there that I could recommend. I would say the two that I'm reading right now, there's one called Hacking Leadership uh, by Mike Myatt, M-Y-A-T-T. And for anybody out there who has any sort of a leadership position or aspires to have a leadership position, uh, it's a must. You've got to have it. It's I think it's the 11, it's called the 11 gaps every business needs to close and the secrets to closing them quickly. And uh, even entre- you know, even if you don't own a business or you know anything like that, um, any sort of leadership role that you have out there, you've got to have that one. And then the other one that I'd been uh, recommend had been recommended to me for a long time, and I was just slow to get it, was "Too Busy to Pray" by Bill Hybels, and that's one that I've learned a lot from. Is just you know back to back to Aaron's conversation uh, comment to me about we're one bonehead decision away from destroying everything basically. Uh, man, we are too busy not to get our spiritual self fed each day. And uh, and that that ripples out into everything as well. So that that's taught me a lot about you know too busy not to pray has taught me a lot about slowing down and resting for the right reasons. Um, not just slowing down and resting because I'm tired either, but just just to feed the the spirit man within me and to and to feed the right things first before that ripples out into the day, so that I can be better for those who count on me. Great books and men. I know that you're out there driving or doing something otherwise where you can't write all that information down. So I will have that for you in the show notes at menofabundance.com just search Jared in the search bar and it'll pop right up those show notes are complete with timestamps. so if you hear anything that's going on in this podcast and you want to go back and listen to it again just click on that time link in the podcast it'll take you right back to that point of interest so that you can start right there it's really cool technology that we have there so Jared we've already mentioned this and touched on it quite a bit throughout the show because you shared so many stories and so much great stuff but my last question for you is this what does living a life of abundance mean to you uh i'll answer it this way and i hope this is not a it doesn't seem like a cop-out answer because this really is my answer uh it just didn't come from me it came from uh from someone else but i just had as you mentioned i just had jesse itzler on my podcast and i heard a podcast with him and lewis house way back when and lewis oftentimes asks people he says what is your definition of success and i think you know success and significance depending on how you how you look at it you know some people are saying success but they're really meaning significance but he said the definition of success is when your adult children when you, you know when your kids grow up and they're adults and they want to hang out with you all the time and you know i could just get teary-eyed just thinking about that as a, as a guy with very young children three girls i mean what a what a better measure of significance in their life uh when you get older and they get older and they want to be right there by your side just like they were whenever they were little and you were the hero and of course we all get older and things change and our mindsets change from kids to adults but man if my girls think that i'm their hero when they're 30 and 40 and 50 something years old if i'm still around to to you know see those blessings Man, I, I can't think of anything better. No financial goal, no monetary, no wealth, no uh, no no check checklist or, or bucket list or anything like that would be more fulfilling for me from a significance level than to know that my kiddos 
still love dad and want to be around him all the time. And so that's what I strive for. I'd never heard it put that way. Uh, but that is what I'm striving for now is, is, uh, is that, that level of significance. I absolutely love that. And I literally just heard that this morning when I was listening to the episode. And, uh, that was when I decided, man, I, there was a second time I had listened to, uh, Jesse's story and, I just decided I got to reach out to this guy and get him on the show as well because he is definitely an abundant leader for sure. And man, I strongly encourage you to go listen to that episode right after this episode. If you are not already subscribed to the Success 101 podcast with Jared Warren, go find that podcast and listen to episode 129. They're all great, but listen to episode 129. It's going to blow your mind. That guy's amazing. Both yeah, of them are amazing. And they're not always as serious as what we were going here. I wanted to uh, I wanted to tell my story today, and so people who know me know that I'm you know again kind of life of the party, and I love to joke around. And so uh, hopefully I didn't didn't stay too serious here today, but I do think this is a serious thing that so many guys you know I wish I I wish I had heard a serious message about just letting go and learning how to rest and how much better that makes us all. So yeah, come on over to the Success 101 podcast, and really what that's about. Just in case your listeners don't know, many times people they know what I do or they read about what I do, and then they read success 101 podcasts and they're thinking oh it's success in business or success in you know whatever and while we do talk about those things my goal with that success 101 podcast was to get at the grassroots level of success which is all the things we're talking about here today if we're going to get to the grassroots level of success or significance or abundance whatever word you want to fill in there it doesn't just mean going out and learning how to start a company tomorrow it doesn't mean going out and learning how to acquire a piece of property tomorrow it's learning how to have a evening and morning routine. It's learning how to let go. It's learning all of these things, and that's where the 101 came in for me. And when I hit my point of burnout and, and started really listening to podcasts, that's what got me on this kick of wanting to share more knowledge with people and really where it came from. I appreciate you clarifying that, and you're absolutely correct. Your show is very lighthearted and a lot of fun. So we're going to close this up, and before we do, I'd love for you to leave us with a parting piece of guidance and any other way that we can get in contact with you and Anything you're excited about that you have coming up? Yeah, so uh, I would say the easiest way to reach me is my email address. If you want to connect directly with me, it's info at success101podcast.com. Not the Success 101 podcast, but info at success101podcast.com. And then, of course, I'm all over social media out there, Facebook. Uh, I've got a Facebook page there, Success 101 Podcast. I've got a Twitter account. My favorite social media platform is Instagram. I just love seeing some of the pictures that, you know, beautiful pe- pictures and brands and things like that people post on there. So I'm always on Instagram. And, um, yeah, that's where that's where they can find me is any of those platforms. Awesome. And a parting piece of guidance? Parting piece of guidance is uh, is what I've already said is that if you're if you're feeling any of this that I've said today and you've known for a long time that you're just beating your head against the wall or even if you don't feel like you're quite there yet, do yourself a favor and learn how to let go. And I understand when I say that it doesn't just happen. <laughs> it doesn't just happen overnight, right? I mean, it, it takes time. It's a, it's a very long journey. But just know that when you let go, everything and when you let go for the right reasons, it is not a surrender. It is not a giving up. It is not being weak. It is strength. You're letting go. It, it, is, it's, it takes a position of strength to learn how to let go. And for me, for so long, that was a position of giving up and weakness. And so I want to empower you guys with that. Start from a position of strength today. Learn to let go of those things that are, that are beating you down. Get in the right mindset. Do things to become more abundant. And I guarantee you, in a very quick matter of time, you'll be very glad that you did when you see the ripple effect and the compound effect going out in your own lives. 
Excellent. Well, Jared and men of abundance, all of you men out there, I want to thank you very much for giving up your most precious asset, which is your time. I truly, I do not take that lightly. I truly appreciate it. And thanks for sharing your story with us, Jared. Absolutely. I'm so honored to be here and was so happy when you asked me to be on because there's a lot of podcasts that I've been on and can be on. Uh, but something like this, uh, when you talk about abundance and men becoming abundant, I get really excited about that. So thanks. It was an honor. I appreciate that. Have an awesome day, man. Thanks so much, buddy. Bye-bye. All right, men of abundance. There you have it. Another amazingly abundant leader. And episode 50 is done. (laughs) That's so exciting. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.